Welcome to DCAF Thursday. On a very cold Thursday, I actually went outside this morning to shut the gate for the dog that I was dog sitting, not expecting there to be snow on my deck. And when I say this morning, I mean 445. So I walked outside barefoot, not really like looking, put my foot in the snow, instant regret instant regret. Then my driveway is completely frozen, a sheet of ice. So I tried to get the trash can to the road. And uh, that was something out of a Three Stooges sketch. And so I'm really, me and the snowman, we're about to break up. We're about, we're, we're not seeing eye to eye. It's not really the snow. It's more the ice now and the cold because it, the snow is nice. It's the ice that really makes things bad. Yes. I'm trying to get up my driveway the other day. I was slipping and sliding all over the place. I am just, I either need to move to a more flat area, get a car with four wheel drive or mother nature needs to quit being so temperamental and just give me some like nice dry cold. Or we can look at the positive and we we have to work from home. So you don't actually have to drive anywhere. Sure. You're, you're basically choosing to drive when you do so. So it's, I mean, it's true. This was coming from a doctor's appointment, so I was trying to be responsible. You chose to drive. True. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's nice that we don't have to work. Because, like, like, when I see the snow, I'm not stressed anymore. Like, I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want to drive 45 minutes and it's going to be icy. So it's nice to be able to work from home. That's true. Honestly, I'll give it, I'll give it that. Um, but speaking of being at home and working from home, home prices in Nashville, I don't know. I know you and Carrie, y'all have a great house. My roommate and I have a great situation. We live in a house of our roommate who bought it and then got married, moved out. And so we have, a, we all have great situations, but there was a time two years ago when I was looking at buying a house and there were some really great, like three bedroom with the full basement options within my price range. Now, I can't even handle, I just saw on the Tennessee and they posted today that the average home price in ten, in, in Nashville is $410,000. And that's median. That's like a, yeah. that's median home price. I Wait, look is it median or is it average? Sorry. Yes. It's the median home price. Median, okay. I look sometimes at Zillow in Anniston, Alabama, where I'm from, just to see, like, I just kind of think it's fun to see what the homes are doing there. If I could afford it, if, you know, like pigs started flying and hell froze over and I decided to move home and the homes that I can afford in Anniston (laughs) are kind of nice to the point where I'm like, if I really wanted a great home, I would have to move back to Anniston at this point. Like that is insane. And what's funny is if you were to look four years ago, you probably got two houses in Anniston because even those prices have gone up. I mean, everything has gone up everywhere. Yes. it's But Nashville's become the, the place where it's like, it really is unaffordable to buy a house. You have to make a lot of money. Thankfully, you know, I bought a house eight years ago. I sold it and Kira bought a house a long time ago, but it is really hard where you're either kind of buying a house in a, in a real, an area you don't want to live mm-hmm. or you're buying like a house that you're way overpaying for. It's like buying, you know, a two bed, one bathroom house for $600,000 seems insane. No, it's not even a cool area. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It is insane. I saw a funny meme the other day that was like one of those, you know, those like Fisher price houses. I don't know if you had one, you, you have a sister, so you probably had a Fisher price house. Um, and it said it was all dilapidated, broken down, dirty. And it said coming to the market soon for $399,000. And that's how it feels. That's what it feels like in Huntsville. It kind of feels, I mean, in Nashville, it kind of feels that way in Huntsville. My sister and her husband are looking at houses and even Huntsville all over in these big cities, people are just, 
driving the housing market up and we love capitalism and we love competition and we love all of those things. But what, I mean, what the heck is going on? Nashville is not, I mean, Nashville's great, but it's not that great guys. Chill out. Yeah, it's, it's ebbs and flows though. It's always happens. Like, and I think that it's, if I'm looking for a house right now, if I had, I'd be like, no, I'm going to rent, I'm going to rent for now. The housing market will go down. It always goes down at yeah. some point. This is not going to be a permanent thing. Um, the bigger issue is that, you're paying this much money. And, and I mean, there's also inflation involved in that too. So it's not just that houses are cost more, your money's also worth less. Everything is. I posted an article on Beacon's Facebook the other day about even like used car prices are just skyrocketing. I'm so thankful I bought my car when I did and I'm like three months from paying it off. But- Apparently I can sell my used car for more than I bought it for three years ago, which is insane. I can sell it for a profit right now. What? There's some we I don't understand. I guess maybe I know that new cars are not as expensive, but they're like it could take a long time to get them. But used cars are now worth more than the new cars are. Oh, because you can get them instantly. But like, there's this huge issue going on. There's of course there's gonna be this bubble, like it always is. But it's crazy how much these things cost right now. Wow. Also, this has nothing to do with inflation or anything, but I'm talking about how much everything costs. And just the other day, Stephanie, our coworker, sent me a text that said that Nike has opened a store in the metaverse and they're selling fake sneakers in the metaverse. And someone paid um, $390,000 to have their virtual house next door to Snoop Dogg's virtual house in the metaverse. So when we're talking about matters of purchasing and finances and things like that, I honestly don't understand anything right now. Also NFTs are the, like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure Ron will tell me they're great value, but they are the stupidest thing you could possibly think. So you just get a picture that somebody makes, you have it online and then you pay a bunch of money for it. And people can still copy it I, from like, it might be illegal, yeah. but you can't enforce it. I have a million dollar idea that I kind of like joke about that has to do with NFTs that I won't expose on this podcast. But if I figure out how to make an NFT and I do this, I'm taking us all out for drinks because it will be brilliant. But it has to do with my vindictive nature as a girl who's been scorned by so many boys that I've dated and um, making NFTs from, from that. So we'll see what happens. I guess I'm not, a, I don't think it's that hard to make one. Exactly. Like, yeah, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan could probably make you one. This is what I think is my million dollar idea. Okay. It probably it's isn't, but I'm interested to see. <laughs> I mean, I've never had a potentially, I actually did in college have a potentially million dollar idea and that was putting alcohol in Capri Sun packets. And then I realized that companies already do that. So they stole my million, oh, million dollar idea either. Maybe like a, like a, thousand dollar idea i don't think that many people have capri suns with alcohol i mean think about it like a little kiwi strawberry situation with some tequila in it honestly yeah, that's, there's so many that's kiwi fine. strawberry drinks with tequila in it already like just make it just put it in a capri sun thing is not a million dollar idea but it, it's kind of cool but it's not like i mean maybe, yeah maybe a thousand dollar idea i think i think too highly of myself i agree <laughs> um speaking of thinking highly of themselves yourself himself herself um yes. someone a very prominent figure in the United States thinks so very highly of himself. And it is like, it's like he's living on another planet. I, I don't mean to be patronizing, but I kind of feel sorry for president Biden. I think I have been out of touch with reality before. And when you come crashing back in, it's painful. And I think that either people are telling him that he's doing a lot better than he is, or it, 
the voices in his head are telling him he's doing a lot better than he is. I don't really know, but he, what did he say, Mark? He said he was ignoring the polls and. and well, no, the, he didn't ignore them. He said he didn't believe the polls that showed him doing poorly with independence. He said he just didn't believe them. And then went on 10 minutes later to say a million other polls to say, Oh, even, even some of the same polls that showed him doing bad. He's like, Oh, but people want this. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways, but yeah, he said that the polls are completely wrong, which is every politician, I guess, when they don't look good. But then he said he's overachieving. He's done better than people thought he would, which does not match up with any numbers. I mean, it is, I don't know what he's, uh, I don't understand. I will say it is really hard to come back to reality after you floated that far off into space. And, and it's going to, it's going to be tough for him one of these days, whether that's, whether that's actually seeing a poll that he believes, which if he doesn't believe the current ones, I don't know what he would believe or losing a reelection or the people around him losing faith in him. I, I don't know what it's going to take, but all I'm saying is re-entry is very difficult. <laughs> I have to imagine. I mean, I don't want to speak. I have to imagine he knows that things aren't going well. I mean, like he can't be that dumb, but like he just doesn't want to admit it because like there's no, there's in, in no way would like every, you know, Every poll that is, you know, respected shows him doing poorly underwater big time with independence. Like there's no way to say, oh, every single one of those polls is wrong. And like this poll in my head is right. Like he has to know. He saw it in Virginia. I I, I mean, I, I assume that right now he can kind of, you know, take the denial route. If 2022 happens and the Republicans like sweep everything, like it's possible. He's going to have to be like, okay something's not working because now it's all kind of theoretical, right? It's polling. It's these things. You've lost one election in Virginia, but like you could argue that was something else. Um, When, if the, when, and if the Democrats take a big, you know, hammering the 2022 elections, then he has to kind of come to grips with reality and be like, what we're doing is not popular. The problem is all politicians do this. Their takeaways won't be that they're doing too much. It's that they're not doing enough. He'll say, oh, man, they're mad we didn't pass that Build Back Better garbage plan. They're yeah. mad that we didn't get the Supreme Court to 15. They're mad we didn't get rid of the filibuster. Right. Like, we'll take all the wrong things from it. Right. Um, but that's, I mean, it's not just Biden. I mean, it's crazy. But I mean, I, every time that Trump heard a poll, he's like, I don't believe that poll. So it's not like it's just Biden on there. It's and Trump, like, oh, everyone loves me. It's like, well, look, look at the polling. Not everyone loves you. You might have some people yeah. who love you a lot. But, like, there's something about, you need a real ego to run for president, I think. And these guys have real yeah. egos. They won't believe anything to the contrary. I couldn't do it, man. I, my anxiety, you know, I could never do that. But also I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I personally don't know anyone who has a big enough ego or just a big, like just a massive toxic sense of self that they could not run for president. I literally don't know anybody. I know that really is. And it's like, you have to really be full of yourself uh, to do that. I think and it's not, I mean, it's good to have confidence, but I mean, these guys have such egos. Yes, it's actually unbelievable. So whether or not the polls are real or believable. They, they or, are real. I, mean, I want to be clear. They're real. And if anything, they may be overestimating the support. But OK. So <laughs> I think that I personally think that President Biden is doing exactly how I thought he would do, which is poorly. And um, Mark, you gave him more credit than I did. I, 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 I mean, like, I, I didn't um, <laughs> I wasn't didn't think he's gonna be a great president. Biden. No. I also looked at the other, you know, people running in his primary. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, he's the best, I guess he'll be maybe okay. And he has been a a disaster. I mean, he has been a lot worse than I thought. And I didn't have high expectations for him. No, even Uh, just like the little offensive comments, like little things, like little Freudian slips. I mean, that doesn't bother me. It's more about like the the things that he's done where like he kind of ran 
in the primary as this moderate, like this whole, now this whole like build back better thing, it's a super liberal plan. And not only that, the idea of getting rid of the filibuster for something you like, and like, that was something he kind of never said he would probably never do. So it's these things that he's done have gone to the far left. And it's weird because he's gone to the far left, but he's still not getting any of it done. So it's like both sides, like the left is going to say, you're ineffective. You can't do any of these things. The right is going to say, wow, you're going really far. And I mean, the middle is going to say that too. So like, he's in a place where like, he doesn't have a lot of constituents that like him right now. It's kind of, kind of a no-win situation that he's put. Yeah, kind of the, the center, maybe left kind of likes him. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Um, he's having, and, and if you look at kind of, they, they did the the rating after a year of being president and his ratings were very similar and actually even a little bit worse than Trump where, you know, more people gave him an F than A and B combined for, for the way he's from the country and, and even worse than Trump the first year who, you know, I don't think people had as much of an issue with Trump's policies as, as his personality, but. Right. Right. That is not the vibe you want after just one year. That is not the annual review that you are. It is, it is not. <laughs> if we had that annual review, we would be fired. So hundred percent out of the streets. So yeah, that is not, that is not the vibe or the energy that you want. Yikes. Well, let's talk about something a little happier before we um, depress everyone, bum everyone out too much. Um, so one of the things that I have found recently that I'm really enjoying, which is not a surprise, is sports documentaries and sports docuseries. Um, that I think it was called Hard Knocks on HBO. Oh yeah, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks was the original. That was awesome. Loving it. Loving. I watched the um the other day one of my friends was sick and I went over to his house and we just kind of had like a sick day on a Saturday and just watched the Colts one. So much fun. It was such a good series. So sweet. So heartwarming. Cheer on Netflix. I keep telling people, even guys, you're going to like cheer. It's so good. No one believes me, but it's really And we're using the term, term sports loosely when we talk about cheerleading. But. Okay. About athletics, athletes, <laughs> um, the Formula One one I've not watched it but I've heard it was it's really really good um and now they're doing one about the PGA tour which obviously I'm going to totally geek out to that my entire family minus my little sister in our group text is absolutely popping off because we are so excited about this one so Mark if you had to I, I think I know what the answer is but what what would you jazz jazz excluded okay you can't say jazz Sure. What what would you want to see kind of a sports or athletics documentary about? I've actually been thinking about this. This is weird. I thought it was a while ago, but I would love to see one of those um, kind of like a, a series. And of course you can't predict what's going to happen, but following one of those like little, you know, small conference college basketball teams that makes the NCAA tournament yeah. and showing like their excitement when they get in and like, you know, probably them getting murdered in the first round, but like following one of these small schools that doesn't get the, you know, and, and following them through the year, it's like, and the excitement and like the way they feel when they make the tournament or like the heartbreak when they lose their conference tournament. Like, I think that'd be a really interesting documentary because we don't really, we never see much about these people. I mean, you have March Madness, which is like, you know, you get them for two days where there's all these great feel good stories, but then for the rest of the year, nobody, you know, you don't know what they've gone through throughout the year. Right. I think I would want to see one about swimmers. I really, when the Olympics come around, when the Olympics come around, I like love to watch the swimmers like Katie Ledecky, Mike, Michael Phelps just was like the world's hero for so many years. And you read all the articles about what they eat in a day and what they go through in the mental game, especially like it, or even gymnastics, like Simone Biles with the mental game. And gymnastics has gotten such a bad rap um, after everything that USA Gymnastics did to silence girls for years and years and years. I want to hear about the athletes. Like, I don't want to hear about the controversy anymore. Like, get that guy out of there. Get everybody out of there. I want to hear about the athletes. And so I would love to see something about Olympians outside of just Olympic years, the preparation that they go through to prepare for the swimming and gymnastics and things like that that are kind of like, 
the unsung heroes of sports that are that only get popular once every four years during the Olympics. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that's true. It's just a, it, it always has to be, I mean, there is a little bit of a disconnect, but it usually has to be something I'm interested in as a sport. Like I'm sure that cheer is good. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested in cheerleading. That's fine. F1. I'm sure it's great. I'm not going to watch it because I'm not into sure. racing and even golf. I, I Maybe I'd watch it, but like, it has to be such a compelling story. And I feel like even if those things are good, it's sometimes hard to get them in the door. So it's almost like you need a sport to start off with the people like. I do know the cheer has done well, but I think that that's because there's so many, you know, girls who cheer in high school. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that if, even though that's not like a sport or I mean, or whatever, like it's even if it's a sport, it's, it's not something people do now. It's like there's a lot of women who did that in, in high school. Like, oh, God, that brings me back to my experience. I mean, you coach cheerleading. Yeah, so I, I think that's one of those things that like it appeals to people's, you know, lives. And, yeah, and it's got like F1. Nobody does F1. So I'm not sure that is going to do it as well. But apparently Netflix did a great job with it. So I do want to watch it. But yeah, I think if, if they picked up something, an Olympic sport or something, maybe just the year before the Olympics. Curling. I want to see those curling. curling. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so cool. Like them like not doing anything, just working a nine to five job and getting like long cold weekends and they're like little small town. But like, let's go sweep some ice. Who yeah, yeah, thought of yeah. curling? What drunk person was outside with a broom and said, I'm going to sweep this ice and throw a rock across it and call it a sport? Like that is so bizarre. <laughs> Are. they were certainly canadian we know that 100 it's the most canadian thing i've literally <laughs> ever heard of i yeah i can't think of anything else that's more canadian okay last topic speaking of canadians we're going to talk about weird celebrity couples and first of all before we go into it i'm going to talk about my gold standard for a celebrity couple and then we're going to go downhill from there so the reason i say speaking of canadian is because ryan reynolds and blake lively are the Number one, I think most normal, most well-adjusted, funny celebrity couple that there is out there. Now, knowing that is the gold standard, let's go all the way to the bottom and work up. Well, yeah. it's, it's your gold standard, sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I think, and I, I think honestly, like there's some, so you do yours now. There is some weird ones now. I'm going to kind of go, cause I, there's a lot in history that I'm like, that's so weird. So you can kind of talk about now. I'm going to talk about the weirdest ones ever. Okay, so the weirdest ones now pretty much have to do with the Kardashian family, okay? So you've got Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, which I love Travis Barker, but that girl molds herself to whatever the guy that she's with at the current time is into. She got like vampire teeth implants and just weirdo punk rock stuff, but more like Gen Z punk rock, not like 90s punk rock, like skater punk, the kind of stuff that like I'm into that Travis Barker started being into. It's just so odd. Then you've got Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, which PR stunt, probably so. And then kind of like tangentially related to them, just because Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are such good friends with Courtney and Travis is Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, who just got engaged last week and her ring has like thorns on it so that it hurts when she takes it off. Like, I'm sorry, that would be a no for me. So one, it's weird that um, those two couples you mentioned, which are kind of like the two, they, they always talk about the nails, Machine Gun Kelly and, and um, Megan Fox and Courtney, Carda- uh, Courtney Kardashian. Courtney Travis. Yeah, like those are just like people nobody's heard of in 15 years. Like there's one famous person. Nobody, I, I, I mean, Travis Barker has not been relevant in literally 20 years. Nobody cares about him. He only became relevant because the Kardashian TV show is so big and she's now dating him. Like he, nobody's heard of him. Nobody cares. And Machine Gun Kelly is kind of on the top of his you know, game and like nobody's heard of Megan Fox since like Transformers. So it's like they, these famous people have brought back these other people's careers. 
Um, so, and Pete Davidson only known when he dates some hot girl. He's otherwise not known. It's like he's barely on SNL. He's not in a lot of other stuff. It's like you only hear about him because he's like, oh, gosh, he's dating some super hot girl. And also, I want to defend him a little bit. Okay. I feel bad for him because everyone's like, oh, God, he's so ugly. How does he get these people? I don't think he's that ugly. And I, I think it's so that. rude that he always has to answer he has to answer all the time, like, why are you dating out of your legs? Like, no, that's not, I mean, that's not fair. First of all, he's probably got a great personality. He's not that bad looking. And like, you're making him feel, every time you talk, he's already got depression. It's like, it's really crazy. I feel bad for him. He's got to answer all these questions. Like, why are you dating hot girls? Like, I don't know. They like me and I'm funny. I, what's your problem? I personally think he's a catch because I think the most attractive quality in a man is a sense of humor. And so I think he's a catch. It doesn't surprise me that he got Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale and Kim Kardashian. I'm just saying. He's also not ugly. I feel like everyone actually He's, he's ugly he's not he's ugly, not ugly. He's tall. He's i know not. he's a little weird but he's tall and he's like yeah. you know in good shape and I the reason know. that i think it's weird is just because of the massive swing that kim kardashian takes in her dating life between like reggie bush to chris humphreys to kanye west to pete davidson like this girl does not have a type that girl has range she will date anybody she- also utah jazz first round draft pick chris humphreys let's not forget <laughs> There's 72 day marriage. It's just like, okay. So before you go into weirdest of all time, I have one weirdest of all time. And that to me was Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. That was so weird. They were like vials of each other's blood around. They were the original, like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. They did all these weird things with each other. They were wearing, they they walked so that Machine Gun Kelly and and Megan Fox could run. Like they were wearing vials of each other's blood around their necks on the red carpet. They, They were the OGs. And so that's my OG weirdest couple of all time. They were weird. Okay, there, there's the most, I mean, if you were there with a mismatched couple, I remember like kind of maybe not during her prime, but Jennifer Love Hewitt dated yeah. Jamie Kennedy from the Jamie Kennedy experience. <laughs> that weird, and, and Malibu's most wanted. They were like a serious couple. No. Yeah, I, I swear. I swear. I remember that well. It's like, it was, and, and like, he wasn't even really famous anymore. And it was just a weird, oh. like, I feel bad when people talk about, you know, <laughs> when people talk about, what's his name? Um, I don't even remember his name now. Pete Davidson. Uh, Pete Davidson that way, but like this one actually deserves it. Like that it one is, actually is so weird. It's insane that they dated. And I remember, um, and I actually looked this one up before, but Moby, remember Moby? Oh my gosh, Moby. He dated Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, that weird kind of like, he. I mean, the guy who looks like he's, you know, 20 he's years old. old. He's like five foot seven. He doesn't even sing. And then this one was weird, but I remember at the time it didn't seem as weird then, but I look back, but Brody Jenner and Avril Lavigne, I had no idea that happened. She yeah, that wasn't quite, that guy. quite as weird at the time. Too. And they're both like attractive. It's just weird yeah. that they got together. I will say though, I really like the crossover between like pretty people like Brody Jenner or like Cameron Diaz with Benji Madden and, and Avril Lavigne. Like it, it really paves the way for those of us who are like kind of normal looking, like very kind of straight edge people to go for the punk rockers. Cameron Diaz and Nicole Richie with the Madden brothers. Like I'm all for that, honestly. Also, Chad Kroger with Avril Lavigne, another okay. handsome man. That, okay, <laughs> that is where we disagree. I've been with you, I've been with you entirely until you start Nickelback lead singer. He is not cute at all. No, he is not, but he also dated Avril Lavigne, so good for him. Like, I mean, impressive and, for him. And Derek, what's his last name? Wibbly, the lead oh, singer. Oh, oh my God. He, I'm not sure. He, he is one of the um, least attractive people I have ever seen. 
it's honestly so true. And I mean, I mean, I like some 41, but like, wow, he like that was another crazy one. But I mean, they're both Canadian. They're both into kind of the punk rock thing. Fine. It makes sense. Sure. But yeah, so I, I would say my number one would be Jamie Kennedy. I mean, that, that was so, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's the weirdest one I think I, I remember. That is weird. I didn't even think of it. They're also that. weird personality wise. They don't seem like they'd really get along. He's like so goofy and strange. She's like kind She's of like kind of stoic more, and like, yeah, and exactly. Like a cutie girl, like kind of like, yeah, a cutie girl. Do you remember when Jim Carrey dated that girl? Oh, what was her name? She was that blonde, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that was weird. Like there have been so many odd pairings. Like I yeah. look around at all my friends who are, who are married or dating people and they all kind of look and seem like they just go together like they're very compatible and then you or it's like if they're, if they're not like, compatible they're close it's like it doesn't look weird yeah and then you go to Hollywood it's like girl what you doing like are, do you see him because I see him and I don't know what you see in him because I don't see it in him I guess part of it's like you like that because like they're probably spending time with a lot of them or in movies or in, and like or they spending time on tour and like they just actually like the person so like in some ways I really respect it like I love that Jennifer Love Hewitt dated him I mean good for her. like that's awesome she obviously liked his personality a lot sure. um, it was like good for her I mean like she obviously it, she can get whoever she wants pretty much in Hollywood so the fact that she dated him is like I mean I respect it he must be funny you know I'm I'm he telling you he's awesome Malibu's most wanted is one of the greatest movies yeah ever. funny guys man if you're funny that is that just like takes you up so many levels being a funny guy is is key i will i will say that so yeah, I mean, if, if you can't see it there then like that's the biggest funny like not attractive <laughs> person that's dated attractive person yes gosh what a what a great segment this was we're gonna have to round to this because there there have got to be some that we're not thinking of there's a lot more we're not thinking of i'm just kind of like just what about atlantis morissette and uh, uncle uncle joey dave coulier Wait, what she wrote the song you got to know about Dave Coulier, you want no, to know? No, she did not. Yes, she did. Look it up. It's absolutely she did. Oh my gosh! I I think she was like obsessed with him. Apparently. Okay, that <laughs> that is that's rocking my little '90s child world. I can't believe you didn't know that. That was like I thought it was pretty common, like cultural knowledge. I did not know. Also, if you've missed it, you need to look up the controversy, not even controversy, just like <gasps> Scandy about Taylor Swift and the lead singer of Owl City, who is talk about mismatch. She met him once, wrote a song kind of inspired by him. And then he wrote a remake of that song and put her name in it. And she was so embarrassed. She never talked to him again. <laughs> I mean, she'd be embarrassed because it's Owl City. I don't exactly. think exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, like they had one really great song i, I don't think firefly song yeah they haven't done anything else though i mean honestly the worst lyrics maybe ever written but it is a catchy song it's just a bop yeah it's absolutely a bop but it, that's I it i know i do al's gross yeah she, I know. she i'm telling you there are some things i have really that this is what i do mark knows this about me i'm really going to reveal myself but when i fixate on something i fixate on it so intensely that i wikipedia spiral for hours and so i have been i've been really digging into some weird celebrity pairings and so uh yeah taylor swift and the lead singer of owl city which was never really a pair and honestly if she even heard me talking about it she'd probably be embarrassed even though i'm a nobody because that's how embarrassed she was and then I, I did not know that happened i'm glad you brought that up yeah so bad research it do yourself a favor and dig into that and listen to his yeah, remake of enchanted because it is bad 
and um, we're gonna we're gonna really have to round to this because there's yeah so yeah let's wait like a month different. and we'll have some time to research. But I'm very interested in this kind of topic. yeah we're gonna research maybe our maybe our new podcast maybe we ditch politics and just talk about sports and celebrity. Weird celebrity couples. That sounds good to me. Honestly, that's our vibe. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you have any questions about what we've talked about, don't ask us because we're not the experts. Clearly, look to Wikipedia. We're the experts on celebrity couples. That's it. Yeah, that's all we got. That's all we got for you. Everybody have a good week. Stay warm. We'll see you next time.